Welcome to Dungeon Talk. Higher level learning for your tabletop game. And now, here's Evan and Michael. So, the last thing I want to bring up, and you know, if you guys have other ideas, we, we've talked about it on email, but um, the D&D Next playtest is ending. The, the game is supposed to come out sometime next year. There's going to be one more packet that's released in September. I don't know any of the details yet as far as what's going to be changed or what's going to be explored in that packet. So we're kind of at a crossroads of what do we do with our game because we've been running Next as a playtest. Do we go to an older version of D&D like 3.5? Do we go to a different game like Savage World or 13 Age? Or do we just stay with D&D Next and use the most recent packet or the one we like the best and then just keep playing? And I know we've talked a little bit about it on emails, but I wanted to cover on the podcast too what you guys want to do and why. I don't like change <laughs> because it requires work and learning. And I like simplicity. And I like to just show up here at 6 or 6.30 and be able to start playing right away. And if we have to change or go to a new system or anything, then there's then we're going to have that day where we show up and we're going to be rolling and people are going to, we're going to be finding out new things and learning. And I'd rather just put that off until we start a new story. And those kinds of things are going to happen naturally anyways, because we're starting a new story. Gotcha. So your, your vote was to stay with next and just use the packet that we're current because we're still one behind. I we just haven't don't, changed to the newest packet yet. I'm open to playing any system that anybody wants to play. I just don't like changing systems in the middle of a game. I just, like, I just, I don't really see why, like, why, I, I don't really see the purpose or the need or the reason. Let's just finish this system in this game, and then when we start a new game or new story or whoever wants to run, probably, I'm assuming you, um, then we'll switch to whatever 13th Age or, or Savage Worlds or whatever anybody wants to do. Yeah, I th- and I agree that what Evan and I said the same thing that we want. I, I said I don't care, but D&D Next is the thing that makes the most sense. And I think from we kind of spend a lot of time discussing your personality based on just your characteristics versus your class. But I think what's interesting is when you have an established personality and a class that kind of like correlates a little bit, if you change the system, suddenly you can't do the same things. Even if we went from like D&D next to Savage World, there are differences. Oh, yeah. Certain stats will, 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 will not work out. It's like maybe in one system you're strong, in the other one you're not strong, you're just quick. Now, that is a minor difference, but in the way that you interact with the world as a personality or a person would change. So, you know, like, let's say we played Savage Worlds because we kind of know a little bit about it. Is there a, bizer- a barbarian class? They're, Are they like berserkers? Yes. Maybe they're a little bit different. You know what I mean? There's, there's like slight differences, but suddenly now my perception of Evan's character will be different because he can do different things that he wasn't doing before. Right. So I think that's what changes it. Would I play any game you want So going to back play? to our first topic, would our role-playing change? I think a little bit. It would change a little bit. But I think primarily the perception of the other characters through the role-playing perspective would change more. Let's say Berserkers and Savage Worlds are quickness-based. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you won't be this big strong guy. You'll be this very wiry guy. That's like can like balance on beams. My that's what characters, would change, and your personality would change. My character's appearance and his strength 
plays into his personality exactly. because he's grown he's grown up and he's been this he's been treated as this big strong creature yeah. what, thing what if and in, it plays into how he acts and how he interacts with other exactly. people. Exactly. So. so what if in a different system you were quickness based? Were they going they're going to play a strength based car- based characters which suddenly now you're not an effective warrior. You're still the big guy so it fits that personality concept. But then the other part of your personality, which is being like this big leader warrior, wouldn't work because your stats are not working out. So Sonny, are you now the leader that thinks he's the leader, but nobody else listens to? Now your personality has changed, and our per- or, I, or more likely our per- our perception of your personality would change. Because yeah. before it's like, oh yeah, we should follow this guy. This guy is like war hardened. I've only played in one game in, the, in, in this whatever campaign, but it's like you know, to me, it's like this guy is war hardened. He's dependable, and he would just lead people. However, if suddenly your stats weren't working out, that would be it, right? You wouldn't. Yeah, something right. would break. That would be like he's not that good. So it's like all talk but no action. So there's a couple little tweaks I want to make, which I'm fine with saying with D and D next as well. But I do want to make a couple little tweaks based on some of the other games that I played that I really liked it um, at Gen Con, and it really isn't going to. It won't make any mechanical changes that much. Um, so in particular, the one that I want to, the one that I want to, uh, to change is I really like how 13th age does their backgrounds. They don't have skills, which in the current pack of D&D next, there aren't skills anyway. So that really doesn't matter, but you get background points. So for example, in the 13th age game that I played, I, uh, I had eight points that were part of my background and you can put up to five of them in any background that you want. And I put four of them in Noble. I was used to be part of the Noble class, the ruling class of elves, and I, I knew about uh, po- politics and etiquette and heraldry, and I could interact in like a, a, a you know, political arena with, with some skill. But then I had to leave that and ran away, so I put three points in Street Rat. So I also learned to, to live on the streets and get by, but I wasn't as good at that as I was the Noble. And then I had one point left over that I used for being a wizard's apprentice because I was a wizard, and I had, I had basically joined a wizard's college, and then something happened, and I ran away, and that's why, I, that's why I ran away from being a noble at the same time. And so the way it works in 13th Age is if I'm trying to do something, and I think that my background would help me, I use those points as a plus. So, for example, if we're in a, like a, a charisma-based role, and I can go, well, all the time I spend in the elvish noble court, I know that one of the best ways to negotiate with dwarves is blank and they go okay that's a charisma check but you get your four background points in noble or if i'm trying to figure out how to get you know who i can bribe on the city guard to let us get into the temple at night well my three points of street rat would come into play or if i'm talking to a wizard and i want to impress him with my knowledge i can use one point of my wizard's apprentice and give me a plus one on there and the reason i like that is it becomes a story-based thing is then i i have to justify how it works so I'm constantly filling in my backstory because the game is built on detail. So I'm not just going to say I'm a noble. I'll be like, well, there was this one time when we were negotiating with Hohan, the Prince of Thieves, and this happened. So I have to make a very specific argument. I'm now creating more and more and more backstory that can be fleshed out. So I can like write down, okay, at some point in time, I negotiated with the Prince of Thieves. That becomes part of my story where it may not have been there when I first created my character or you know, what wizard did I specifically apprentice with? I didn't necessarily make that up, but if I decided to use that point, I probably would have to. Does that make sense? 
Mm, it does. I don't know if it will work with that kind of game, though, because then you're going to... Well, because, well, like, Evan's like a baker. Um, so, for example, if he's doing something like negotiating with other commoners, he could say, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've had four points in being like a... Uh, not a not you should have given me a magic apron. <laughs> <laughs> with a Instead of flower, a magic hammer. Magic hammer. Uh, you know, but again, like you're a you're a paladin, so a man of the cloth. So if there's something like a religious role, you could use that. You're also an archaeologist. I think it would work very well, and at least I want to try it. Basically, you get eight points. You can spend up to five in one background skill or background type, and just you know come up with your background. So baker, barbarian, uh, paladin, blacksmith. Uh, I know, like uh, Rob's character was a mortician, so he could, you know, deal with wounds. Right. And it seems, it seems with that concept, you're able to have multiple backgrounds. Well, with D and D next, actually, all the well, D and D next is the only one that has backgrounds. D and D next, you choose one. That's it. Yeah. With other games like Savage Worlds, you choose disadvantage, so you can have a little bit more variance, and then you kind of create your background kind of related to that. At least that's what I did for my character. But it seems like there, kind of says like. You're not like a, I've only baked, that's all, the only thing I've ever done in my entire life, which I guess that's possible, and then you can put five points. Yeah. But then you can also put like a few points. Because you still else. have three more, so maybe you're a baker, but you also were a fisherman. Like you sometimes, like, or, or a merchant, because then you have to sell your bread. Yeah. So suddenly you're more well-rounded. I definitely would like to play 13th Age, because based on everything you've said, it sounds like an awesome system. I love it. Is I don't it? know if it will work with that kind of game, or if you will have to start a different game, but... Then we're changing games too much. I don't know if that would. Yeah, I don't. Way. I don't want to change the game just to change the system. Right. I get the feeling though that you want to play a lot of different systems. I so really I want. I, I want to play Savage Worlds. players are like stopping you from doing that. Yeah, those are the two I really. Well, actually, now I really want to play Dungeon Crawl Classics. I think Dungeon Crawl Classics would be fun. I kind of want to play it too for our like our D and D Academy D and Con, which is a thing, <laughs> um, because it's going to be like a one shot. You're not attached to the characters. They're all going to die. I think it would be fun, but I don't know if it would be fun for a campaign. You know, and again, it I know it depends if you read the rules. Maybe, maybe it will be okay. a different opinion. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I definitely want to try a few things out. But again, I'm fine with next. But I really like the background system in D and or in Thirteenth Age, and we're already kind of doing cool. the one unique thing. We've been kind of doing that already. We haven't necessarily defined it that way, but we're doing the same thing. Each of our characters has at least one thing about them that's kind of different or unique that sets us apart. And then I also want to use the escalation die in combat. I want to see what you guys think about that. I, it was It's pretty interesting. So basically, I think I mentioned this before, but when you start combat, your escalation die is at zero. As long as you're moving forward, like you're attacking, you're using tactics, you're, you're advancing against the enemy, then the next round it goes to a one. All the heroes are plus one to attack. Is this global or is this, like, if I'm sitting back... And everybody else is moving forward. Do I also get the plus one? Yes, it's it's sort of the group. So as long as you're overall advancing, attacking, pushing it, you're you're you're. Uh, there's a word for it. I can't think right now. But basically, you're you're advancing towards your enemy. Then you you get the escalation die, and it maxes out at plus six. So on the seventh round of combat, everybody, all the PCs, all the heroes are plus seven to hit. So each round, you're more and more likely to hit, rather than. Less and less. Do the NPCs get that? Only certain one, like like dragons, uh, certain big bosses. So do. like elite, basically elite elites NPCs or solos, and then sometimes like a dragon in its lair might get it, where a dragon outside doesn't. 
but we really wouldn't be using that unless it's a big so loss. So did it feel when you were playing 13th Age that their characters were too powerful? Like, at some point it was not a challenge anymore, even though it was a dragon because you survived so long? No, well, I didn't. I only got to play in two quick battles because it was only a two-hour game. Uh, I didn't feel like we were too powerful. There were times, though, where, like, tactically, even though you don't play with maps and minis, or we didn't. We had minis, but it was more of just sort of a visual visual that like there are certain things that i would wait like i had it because it's more like in fourth edition you have dailies and encounters that i wanted to wait to use my daily because i wanted to make sure it hit so i was using sort of a a, a fast and loose version of tactics in waiting until the escalation die got high five so you can do what you want almost guaranteed i would hit versus first round and possibly miss the one thing about it is it is more like fourth edition that you have powers so as a wizard i had three powers not necessarily spells and I don't think Rob's going to like that because he loves having that spell book where he can do anything and everything. And 13th Age will be, he'll have three or four things he can do. Going back to the, um, is it 13th Age that you that you were talking about how you assign skill? You said there's no skills, but you have point background? Yes, that's 13th Age. Is that really different than how uh, skills in 3.5 work where you have a certain number to spend a certain number of points to spend you spend them where you want and then you get that bonus for I think in, in, in game it's is. very very different because the way I would view it is as a character I am a rogue I'm going to put 4 points in rope use so then when in, in the game when there's a time for someone to use a rope I know that I'm good at it but I'm only good at it because I put four points in it. In 13th Age, let's say that I used to be an escape artist in the circus, so when I'm trying to use ropes, I'm good at it, but I know why I'm good at it, because I used to be an acrobatic uh, acrobat in the circus. So I'm, I'm kind of creating my background you and really, fleshing it out. You do really create a background instead of a skill. Right. Because you say, I used to do this, this is why I can do it. Yeah. It's kind of like if we're talking about if we're making self-based characters and I said, let's say we're playing a game and you were playing Evan and then you basically would go back in time but you find an assault rifle, you'd be like, I know how to do this because I was in the army. You have a background right there. You see what I'm saying? I was it, not in the army. <laughs> he was a jarhead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying. I though. understand what you're saying. I think it's like just... I, I don't, like, don't want to pit... I don't want to piss you guys off and you'd be like, it is different. But I, I just feel like it's not that much different. Like the only thing that's different is the reason why it's there. And does that really I make much of a the, difference in the game? I think this is the same argument Jared and I were having. And what we talked about is that you're saying that I pick rope use as a skill as a player because I wanted my guy to have rope use. I picked that my guy was a circus acrobat. In game, there is no difference. We're both rolling a d20. We both get a Mm -hmm. plus four. But as a storyteller, I prefer saying, because I was an acrobat in the circus, I know how to tie knots. And you're like, because I wanted my guy to know how to tie knots, I used four points. I was born with rope knowledge. I was born with rope knowledge because it's my one unique thing. So I think you're saying in game, there really isn't a difference. But from a playing standpoint, it feels different to me. Do do you think if you had to make a background about rope use or whatever, do you think that would help you – uh, get a better idea of why your character is the way it is, or maybe uh, create a better story about your character. Probably, sure. Because I think that's Probably. what it forces you to do. I always like when a game forces you to put more depth in your character without making it too awkward. This seems like a very nice 
simple thing. And can you min-max it and say, oh, you know what, I'm a barbarian, so I'm, I want to make sure that I have this and this and this and this. You could. But again, if you say, I want to be a barbarian that can make my own sword, so I'm going to take three points in blacksmith, guess what? Suddenly you have a background about blacksmithing, and that's the story. I could see where it's the correct approach to what they think will make the game better. Mechanically so, wise, I think we all agree. You're still rolling dice. But, there's no difference there. So if there was a rule in 3.5 that said when you add points, if you add so many points to a certain skill, then on your character sheet you need to notate where those where that came from or something like that. Let's just let's just say that's a fictitious rule in 3.5. That would eventually that would just get passed over. People would stop notating and coming up with a background reason why and they would just go to what they do now, which is just I'm going to spend this many points here here and here. And in thir- it's 13th age that doesn't it requires you to have the reason before you do it. So it's a it's a better approach to what it both in both ways they are both instances they want the same result but in 13th age i see how it's it's a better approach to way a way of making the game better see here's the crazy thing when i make characters and i pick skills see with dnd next you don't really pick skills you pick a background so it kind of forces you in certain things but in in other games that you pick and whatever skill you want to I actually will say in my head, my personality is like this. And then sometimes I'll even think about it. I'm like, okay, I want nature, but why do I want to have nature? And then I was like, and then you create this. But I created in my head a background story why I have nature. I do not do that at Yeah, all. see, I think that's the difference in how – do you do the same thing, Michael, because you're not in – like I literally will, will say to myself, you know what? My guy did a lot of art. I'm like, okay, how does that translate to the skill? I'm like, oh, that doesn't really apply. But then something else, I'd be like, my guy spent a lot of time in the woods. I'm like, well, then I can get nature. But he wasn't an amazing nature guy, so I'll just put two points there. I, just, I do that all the time. I just go for the skills I think are the most useful. Right. So, for your, for example, your guy in the game, you could do five points baker and three points bodyguard because that's kind of what you're doing right now for the noble and so anytime you're interacting with the other nobles like Maven and Gunther, you could say, well, I've spent a lot of time around Jason when he's doing his functions. Can I get a bonus to negotiating or, or, or etiquette with these nobles? I'm like, yeah. So you could roll your normal roll, but you get three points on top I of it. I would probably see that as a character, as a weakness or like a, or a waste, you know, like – yeah, my background. I I would constantly five points would be a waste for you because it's not. Yes, because it, it's not useful enough. Yeah, but see, I think that's the challenge. She is how do you make it useful? Because it's not just I want to make a pie. I used to be a baker. You're 100 percent right. It could be you know gathering uh, ingredients in the woods. Like maybe you know what berries are edible because you used to make blueberry pies. So when you go looking for herbs, right. you could use your baking skill for that. Negotiating with other See, commoners or merchants, what, uh, driving animals because you maybe have to use pack animals to move your goods through the city. So you would find ways to say, "Well, I spent all the all my all this time doing this thing in relation to being a baker," and you're kind of filling in your background at the same time. So now I know you did used to spend time in the woods, getting herbs or getting blueberries, that kind of thing. So you have more personality. Yeah, it, See, one of the interesting things, one of the first, actually the first character I played in Mike's game was. Uh, what was it? Og was yeah. He was it was a guy that was that just really liked cooking. He had no game effect whatsoever. I had I got no bonuses for it in terms of like oh I cook this therefore we're more powerful. It was just like like something he liked to do. With backgrounds, 
I will have been able to benefit from it a little bit. No reality, what ended up happening is like we lit a good houses and I was still a pot. Because I wanted that pot because it was a good one. And I was still like a ladle from another place and some spices. Like there's literally, I remember times we went to a house and I was still spices. Because I wanted to have spices. And I would make like pepper, peppered beef jerky. If we, we had backgrounds, I would still be doing the same thing. Is this in-game or out of game? No, that was in-game. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, but the whole point I'm trying to make is... It depends on the person, right? For me, it was a skill that had no benefit whatsoever in game, but it was part of my character's personality, that he just liked cooking. So I would basically, in yeah. game, use things And I don't really do that. Uh, like, I have my character, uh, the, probably his, the two main things are that he is very strong-willed and very reasonable, and he has a background in baking. And I don't play to the side of he has a background in baking whatsoever. We've been stranded on this desert island. It's never come up once. I haven't played into it whatsoever. I've played into the side of his personality that is most useful for the situation that we're in. But do you think if you have five points in baking, you have you have made some different choices? I don't know. I don't I still kind of think like who gives a shit? But five points in baking like I don't I I still would I think I would look at the five points in baking and go, God awesome damn it, I could use those five points in climbing, <laughs> sneak, and rope skills. It, I don't know. Yeah, it, but, but that doesn't make sense for a baker to have those points. <laughs> you're right. But I'm, it's kind of, I don't know. It, you know, when you play a video game and you're playing like an RPG video game or something, you are you get experience points and then you start adding those experience to- points to what you think are most useful for what's going to get you through the rest of the game to build up you know yeah, this is this there's more difference with role playing at least for me with role playing games in video games that's what i do i'm like how can i what is the most perfect path i can take for my character development to gain the most. Oh, I'm in max yes. the hell out of video games but, but i'm not a min maxer th- in role well i think yeah, i take the same approach to this where I want my character to be efficient and useful, and I want everything to be. I don't want some. I don't want to waste some points in something that I don't think is going to come in useful. Which, role playing wise, you know, it, not the best for role playing. But I get that's just how I play the game. That's how you enjoy. But we could even do like with your character. We don't have to put five points in baking because you also spent. You went off in the woods by yourself through the swamp. So you could put two points in baking, three points in bodyguard, and then three points in like desert or swampland survival, which would give you things like climbing and animal, you know, being able to hunt and track. Mm. So I'm, you know, I just use that as an example because you're a baker, but I still I, the, what I like is that it forces you to find interesting ways to use your background to your benefit, and every time you do it, you're adding more and more to your backstory. When you want to try to use baking for while you're out in the woods, I'm going to say, okay. Well, what about baking helps you in the woods? And you say, not well, a goddamn thing. Not a goddamn thing. Well, you say, well, I used to go looking for blueberries, and I'd spend a couple of days in the forest. Uh, okay, I mean, it's kind of weak, but that's still, that's one thing we didn't know about your character before. You used to spend time looking for ingredients. That's now added to your background that maybe later I could use as a story hook, or I, could, I can remember that and go, you know, find a, another way to keep adding that back into the story. So you get rewarded for creating an interesting background, but you're not penalized for taking an interesting background versus an effective background. Do you think you cut, you guys could take, and now we're just going into random questions, but do you guys, do you think you could take your favorite parts from 
different um, game systems and come here with a new game of like what you like from Savage Worlds, what you like from D and D Next, what you like from Thirteenth Age, and say these are the rules. I pulled a little bit from these game and 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 come probably, up with a new but game it would system. be unbalanced as hell. It would take a lot of time and effort to actually make it balanced, I think. I mean, you could do it, but I'm afraid... It would take, I think time would get you, but... See, here's the funny thing. What I like in a game, rules-wise and mechanics-wise, is not what Mike likes. It's probably not what you like. So, for example, maybe now that I've heard about this background thing, we would both create that in our game, but you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right? I like... Mike likes D&D a lot. I like Southern a lot because it's more skill-based and more deadly. But guess what? He hates the system. So what I think is awesome, Mike doesn't like. So what do you do? So even if you could take the best parts from a game, it's the best parts in your opinion. Right. So you still wouldn't have the most awesome game ever. So I do have one actual topic I want to throw in right fast. We've been doing that rules lawyer because this is another rule that I do want to add into our D&D next game is that I want to create a, I guess I would call it like prestige or influence score that relates to how your characters are viewed by the commoners. And so you would get a point, like right now, because you had that moment where you rallied everybody, I might say, okay, Blaine is, has a one reputation. And then let's say two weeks from now, you kill somebody, and it, may, and it, it looks like you did it because one of the nobles forced you. So now you lose that and you're back to zero or you may drop to negative one. And then when you're trying to influence the group, that would help you or hurt you. So I've got two influence. Um, That's I'm I'm sure there's either done this before or I've done it in a game. I'm sure there's games that have it. Not a group. But in the 4E game that we played, the DM, that was a, that was something that he was using for his module. It's basically like, it's like, it's like a Bioware or Mass Effect going, if you're going light side or dark side or, Good guy, bad guy type no, I, thing. I, I, I totally understand the concept because it yeah. feels like I played a game that that matters. There probably is one, but I don't. I, I haven't played. I'm just thinking about video games. You but would you right. think that would be a cool thing to add? Where again, you have these prestige, you know, either like scoundrel points or paragon points that affect how you're viewed by the commoners, and you can I, I quantify think, it. I think it would be very useful for social characters. Well. What's going to happen is some players are going to have a lot of them, and other people are not going to have any because of the personality they're playing, their position in the story, their class. All those things play play a difference. But I think in this game that we're running, that that's an element that I'm trying to create is that you guys do have influence on the whole uh, community. And I was just wondering if quantifying it would be good or bad, or would it matter? It would be I, could, I mean, I don't think it was going to break anything severely. I really like the idea. Um, I could see situations where I would get frustrated with it because it's I like wouldn't. You think you should get one? Or I think that this have. should matter more, or I think that I sh- that I should get more points or I should get points for this that happened or I don't think points should be taken away for something that happened. I could see getting frustrated with that, especially since it's not a black and white rule in the D&D next and it's your rule. Right. I would be easily more frustrated with it. Like, no, you're just making the, you know, the, it's all up to you, Michael, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're telling me you're just making this shit up. <laughs> uh, yes. That's what I'm telling you from the beginning. Um, the first thing I, th- the first 
thing that I thought about maybe when you were saying it though was do you think it would be because do you think that you could um, it would be useful to do it as positive or negative numbers that you know like a scale like you're viewed good or you're viewed bad or like the chips that we got with Savage Worlds where if you where you can cash them in when you want like let's say if i did something like when i rallied everybody like you gave me a a a chip a blue chip that was more valuable and worth more points and at a time of my choosing i could cash that in to then instead of having to make a charisma roll to see if i get everybody on my side i can kind of cash that in and make everybody remember that he 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 really rallied us up for that and and use them that yeah. way but we and, probably or could... and or and when we should get negative points then you would get chips to use against us yes. or something like well, that. well i could kind of see sort of a combination where you don't necessarily get physical chips but you could still spend them so you know you do three things that are that 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 are good things so people start to have a good view of you so you have three points so in general you have like a three-point advantage standing, but maybe you do something that you're like, okay, I need to tra- trade in some of this goodwill because I really need to do this, and I and it just needs to happen. So the the viewpoint goes down. So you spend well, it. So I think we're making it too complicated, though, right? Because with the same, if he gives you a chip, or in your head you say, okay, now people are starting to think that maybe he's asking too many things. In your head, you can lower it. You don't even. I mean, in reality, you can make it. You can do it behind the scenes and in your head. Actually, I guess we kind of naturally do it. If an PC is doing really well with a certain town and people, or whatever, you kind of know that they're going to listen to it more, and you'll just make it. Right. Seem more I natural. think. I guess with points, you're given a reward system, which is interesting, and I, I kind of like the idea. But I don't want to overcomplicate it. That now we're playing a uh, multiple games. We're playing D and D role playing. The prestige game. You see what I'm saying? Now, right. now we're like, it's like, oh, I need to get five points because he has four. So I, it would well, be interesting to see. What if, well, two things I want to say is one, what if we did it as a group score, maybe rather than individual? And two, like, I don't think it's a big secret that the, the way the game's going at some point in time, there's probably going to be a difference of opinion between the nobles and your, and your group. Obviously. And yeah. I kind of like the idea of you having, like, you know where you're at. Like make even like a meta game, like okay, if you really want to overthrow the nobles, you need at least ten prestige points, or the commoners won't listen to you. And then it kind of becomes like a meta game of what can I do to get more prestige? But then you detract them from the story. I'm just playing devil's advocate right now, a little bit because right. I'm not like totally against it or anything. But suddenly we'll be like, I am going to cook for all of you guys. <laughs> Give me a prestigious point. Hey, I made all these pies. But I finally <laughs> used it. But, but is that a bad thing? Like, but really, I mean, is that not? If you guys really are trying to gain prestige, when you started explaining it, I kind of, I honestly started to go, maybe that is a bad thing because how do we know what everybody's opinion of us is? We really wouldn't know. We. There's no way for us to really know if it came down to um, us against the nobles and everybody was to decide which one they were going to go with and we were going to, I don't know, split up on the island or something. Um, how would we really know what all the commoners are going to do? So you would be okay with it if I, like Nico said, I do it behind the scenes and I know 
okay, it's not time yet. So if they decide to try to split the party right now, they're the most people are going to go with the nobles. And I do that in a story way where people are like, ah, oh, I don't know, and they're hesitating, rather than do, saying you're I, at eight points, you need to be at ten how, points. I think, I think you're that's doing how it already. I think as a DM, any DM. Oh, I, I am. Like, it, I'm, that's, that's part of the already. game. I was just wondering if, we if it would quantify like, it. killing people and eating them, guess what? Nobody wants to be with us. It's just there's no prestige. It doesn't. You don't have to know we're negative five. You just know everybody's afraid of us. Right. Kind of like, kind of like my, my, I've only played one game again, so I don't know what else has happened, but... It was obvious to me that all the dwarves were curious why I didn't have a beard, so my prestige wasn't high, right? Yeah. They were, they were, they didn't know either way. They knew something was up, so my prestige was zero. But depending on what I did, they would either like me or hate me. Again, you're doing the background in your head. Yeah. And you're not even counting score. It's not like, like, oh, this is not his five points. It's more like semi-positive, indifferent, mm-hmm. negative, hostile. You, you kind of know in your head where they stand because it's kind of like it's not black and white but it's, it is a little bit like stages gotcha. and I kind of I kind of feel like maybe I'm building up prestige points but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are still like in reality people are still going to do what they want to do and people are still going to go the, how they want to go like I Nico may have a really good opinion of me but if i'm trying to convince him to do something with me it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to listen to me and having this um point system or this chip that i can kind of go no you're on my side doesn't really feel and it it wouldn't work pc to pc i guess kind of what i was basing it off of a lot too was again like like bioware's star wars games or mass effect where you know you're talking to this guy and he likes you but if you have this many prestige points, that's when he'll tell you, hey, by the way, you know, Maven came over the other day and he was asking me about something. Like, like you can get additional quests or additional information if you have certain prestige. But the main thing is, that I'm trying to get across is, yes, I think it's a good, good idea. And I think that it, there should be a system of if we are if, – if we do a good job of – um, getting the commoners to like us and getting on their good side, it's going to make a difference when it comes time for us against the nobles or for if we're trying to get um, information, they're more likely to tell us and not the nobles. Or maybe something weird happens on the island and they're like, well, who should we go to? Should we go to them or should we go to the nobles? Maybe they'll come to us first, things like that. But I don't think it should be something that's clear out on the table for us gotcha. or that we keep track of on our papers. I think it's something that you do behind the scenes and don't tell us. Maybe this would give you uh, a better way to keep track mm. of people's likeness, like who they like and who they don't like, just by keeping numbers in your head. Right. Or like setting the points. But I think you naturally do it anyways, you just don't have numbers. Right. I, I mean, I am doing it, I just didn't know if it would be better to quantify it and make it more like a meta game. <laughs> It's more like, like a both against it, video. but I'm not. I'm not. I don't, know. I don't when, hate it. When I, you first not, brought it up, it I was like a nice for idea. it, and then all of a sudden, I went against it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Like, because you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you see what I'm saying? I'm for it, yeah. but I'm against it. <laughs> the, the, the the secret is you don't want to do the work. You want me to do all the work, and you just get the benefit from role playing. In most cases, that's true, but in this particular case, no, that's not why. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, it's already 10 o'clock. I think we've been going about three hours. So we, at this point, we're still going to have to cut some stuff out before like we can post it. Hours. So um, is there any last things we want to talk about? Uh, 
go buy the t-shirt, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, go to the forums, buy my t-shirt, D&D Academy Con. It's a Rocks. thing. Rocks. Um, what are you going to be calling it? D&D Academy It's a thing. A catacomb. Okay. Yeah. D and D Okay. Yeah. Yeah. D and D It's a thing. I, I, I like. I like how you have a little. Where did the, it's a thing come race. from? Uh, that's me and Travis. I think we were just slap happy as we were driving back from Gen Con because Jared was asleep in the back, and I was just like, I want to do this Gen Con thing, and I was like, it's going to be a thing. And it just it just rolled out of that, and we were both going, it's a thing. So I actually want to get a shirt with like a finger pointing out like that, going D and D catacomb and in parentheses, it's a thing. Okay. It made me laugh. <laughs> so this has been Michael and Evan and Nico. See you next time. See ya. You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.